0: You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Caton. Well, I'm going to try a joke, okay? Which I'm not good at, right? (laughs) I, I, I walked through the mall and I found $200, right? So as I'm walking out... I see this woman crying. I say, what's wrong with you? She goes, I lost $200. And I said, well, here's 40 of mine. And she says, thanks. I can't believe you did that. When God blesses you, you got to bless others, right? (laughs) Okay. Well, anyway, the title of the message tonight is commissioned. Amen. Hallelujah. This is why I don't tell jokes, right? (laughs) Pastor Rita sent it to me twice this week. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm supposed to share that. (laughs) So anyway, so tonight's message is, is commissioned. Isaiah 7 and 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would put me behind the cross tonight. Lord, I pray that the word that you've given me, as I give it to the people, that your spirit would move in their hearts, Lord God. Father, I pray that you would anoint it, and it never returns void. So sow it and let it gather in that heart, Lord God, where it needs to go. And I ask your blessing in the name of Jesus and amen. Emmanuel. I mean, we got to start with this scripture, right? Because it's Christmas time. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And shall call his name Emmanuel. Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah is prophesying Jesus' birth about 700 years before it ever happens. God has always been with us and he's always been for us. Man has failed God. Time and time and time again, man has rebelled against God. Man has sinned against God. But God has almost always been for man. We can think about the day of Noah. God regretted ever making man and he created the flood. And then he regretted ever hurting man in such a manner that he said, I'll never do that again. Hebrews 11 and one, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. The definition faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Substance is a, is a kind of matter and hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Emmanuel, God with us. He's always been with us and he's always been for us. Amen. So when God created Adam, he took a substance, dust of the ground. Genesis 2 and 7, and the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. God created him. I mean, I can't imagine the outline of it. I can't imagine how perfect it was. But God created man out of the dust of the ground. And then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Why would God do this? God did it because he wanted a relationship with people. But he wanted a people to want a relationship with him. Why did you want to have kids? Do you ever think about it? Why? How many of you regret having kids, huh? Amen, still thinking about it. You wanted to pour your love into somebody, right? Think about that. You and your wife made a child that's created in your image. You ever thought about that? You wanted to give your child the best that you could possibly give. You want your child or your children to be great and to do great things, right? Very much the way God has created us. At times, your children rebel. At times, I rebelled as a child. I'll use myself. At times, I rebelled. I was never disrespectful because I would have wound up being up against the wall. But there's times that I rebelled in ignorant ways that I went and did foolish things, right? God wants the best for you and for me. And there's times that we rebel against God and we should not. We should put our best foot forward. We should put our best heart forward towards God. He created us to be for him, to be loved by him, and to pour our love out on him. God wants us, he wants to give us our best. Our, the best is eternal life. The best is Jesus Christ, the promise of eternal life. But the best doesn't happen until we get into eternal life. So the best is right here. God has promised us something that we can do on earth that is good. I've, I've not promised my children, but I've shown my children how to live the best life that they can live. Uh, In the last 13 years, I've done my best. Why? Because God came into my heart and changed me, broke off the bad things of the world that drug me where I could have been showing them the worst of the worst. I could have shown them how to drink a beer. I could have shown them how to smoke a joint. I could have shown them the worst of the worst. But God changed me to where now I show them the best of the best. It is good to tithe. Try it, Tori. Tithe and see what God will do for you. I've shown them the best in my 13 years that God has redeemed my time. God wants to show his children the very best on this side of heaven. Amen. God created us in his image. Genesis 1 and 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Who's he talking to? Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He's talking to the Godhead. Let's make them in our image. Listen, that doesn't mean that we're made to look alike. If we did, we'd all be walking around looking the same. That'd be pretty scary if Pastor Carrie looked like me. She's still singing, right? But that would be scary, right? He didn't create us in the manner to look alike, but he created us in the likeness to carry his character into the world around us. The love of God. We love because he first loved us. Our love should change on how we handle people. Our joy and our peace, our hope and our faith, all characters of God he created us in his image and the characteristics of who he is so that they could be birthed inside of us when we were reborn in Jesus Christ. Genesis 1 and 26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over cattle and over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creepeth upon the earth. God created us, man and woman, male and female, in his image, and he blessed us. He blessed us not to be a selfish people. He blessed us to be a people that would bless other people. When we bless other people, believe it or not, God continues to pour out a blessing upon you so that you can continue to pour out. It's It's... It doesn't make sense. I mean, when you become a faithful tither and you start tithing, I have more money in my pocket now than what I did whenever I made $40,000 more a year. It doesn't make any sense to me. Sure, it doesn't make any sense that God's math, it's mind blowing, but it's the way it works. When we bless others and when we, you know, Cindy cooks meals and she'll send them out with me and it's turned full circle to where whenever she was down, people started bringing her food because that's the way God works. She was a blessing to others to where they started blessing her. That's the way God manifests for us as men and women of God. He created us to be blessing to other people, but he also created us to be an ambassador. He said, let them have dominion. We're created to be ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven. An ambassador is an accredited diplomat Sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. Once you're born again, you become this diplomat. Believe it or not, most of us want to sit in a pew and not do anything. And that's all we want to do is be a pew sitter. But that's not what God intended for any of us to do. He wants us to get up. He wants to listen. We are journeying through this world. We are a pilgrim here on earth. It's not our home. If we believe Jesus died and rose again and that you have asked him to forgive you of your sins and come into your life, heaven is your home. This is not your home. You're journeying through, so you are an ambassador for Jesus Christ to share the good news of Jesus with whomever you come in contact with. On any given day, we should be praying and asking, God, who are you gonna put before me today that I could share a testimony about you? Maybe, Maybe you don't know the word of God. But God has had to do something for you that you could brag about Him. He's had to. How could He not? And if nothing else, and you say, "Listen, I'm going to get ahead of myself a little bit," but we share we share stories, we share TV shows, we share movies, we share books that we read. Why can we not share Jesus? I don't understand. Hey, I watched this show. You know. NCIS. I watched this show and I could tell you about it, right? But I mean, I could tell you about Jesus at the same time. We got to have the boldness to do these things. He created us as an ambassador to put the kingdom agenda ahead of our own agenda. And it's all about God. It's all about the Lord who saved us. It's all about his will. Jesus said, father, it's all about your will. Whenever he was in the garden he was praying, Father, let it be your will, not mine. It's all about God's will. And it's all about others. We're created for his good purpose. 1 Thessalonians 1 and 3 says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God and our Father. Remembering that God saved you through faith. By the love of the Father, through Jesus Christ, salvation is the good work. God created us for salvation. And he created us to help others to find salvation through Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen? God can use any of us, any of us, to fulfill his purpose. Believe it or not, he wants to use you to fulfill the good purpose in your life. We're all called to do something whether Glenn, whether it's to show up in a rocky situation, right? Glenn, right there on the right time moment to show up. I've dialed people's phone numbers by accident. And they said, how did you get this number? I'm like, I don't know. I called, well, that's not the right number, but I'm in a situation and I need prayer. It was a God moment in that phone call. God has a purpose for every single one of us if we'll open up our hearts, commissioned by him to do the good work of the Lord. Amen. Philippians 1 and 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I'm confident in that very thing, that when you asked Jesus to come in, there was something changed inside of your heart. I'm confident to believe that the day that you got up from the altar, the day that you raised your hand, and I believe that you're a remnant bunch of people because you're here on a Sunday night, that God has definitely touched your life and changed your life because you're here hungry and thirsty for God and his righteousness tonight. That something changed inside of your heart that night, that day, that morning, whenever it was. I'm confident that there was a good work that sparked up inside of your heart, that changed you, that said, I need to do more for Jesus. I can't imagine not doing more. He has begun something inside of you, believe it or not. God created us and he called us. Let's look at Moses. Moses was born while all Hebrew sons were being killed, cast into the river by Pharaoh. But God, someone say, but God. Come on, someone say, but God. but God. But God had special plans for Moses, just like he does for you and I. Pharaoh's daughter found Moses in the river floating in a basket. Exodus 2 and 6, and when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. Pharaoh's daughter. She opened it and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. It's a boy. Did you hear how he cried? Did you hear him weep? I moved, her heart was moved with compassion to say, I gotta save this child. I can't listen to what Pharaoh's telling me to do. I gotta save this child. Why? Believe it or not, verse seven and eight, then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter. Man, God has a plan for our lives. God has a plan for our lives. We don't know who he's gonna stick in front of us to go before us. He stuck, he stuck Moses' sister right there with Pharaoh's daughter and said, Shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for thee? God has done this for Moses. He stuck somebody before you that's going to open a door for you, and you got to walk through that door. Commissioned. She was commissioned at this time to fulfill that small little bit of time for Moses. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went. And called the child's mother. Man, what a plan God has for us. Plans to prosper us, give us a hope and a future. Huh? What a plan. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. If God be before us, who can be against us? Faith, right? This is a little bit like you and I right? The devil wanted us dead. He wanted to kill and steal and destroy us, right? But God reached down and he drew us out of the miry clay and he's nursed us through the living word of God. Mm. God wants to see us grow and mature just as Moses's mother desired Moses. When she placed him in the basket. She had faith to say, I'm going to put him in this basket and I'm believing that God is going to give him back to me. Can you imagine what she did? Can you imagine that? I got faith to believe that I'm going to put him in this basket. I'm going to send him down the river. I'm going to put my daughter next to Pharaoh's daughter and God's going to work it all out for my good that I'm going to get to raise my son for a short period of time. Could you imagine? I don't know what's in your basket. I don't know what you've been praying for, but I encourage you tonight to bring it before God at this altar and lay it down and say, faith is the substance of things hoped for, God. She had faith to say, I'm gonna put him in the basket and he's coming right back to me and I'm gonna raise him. Faith. She had faith to believe that God was gonna give her child back. God blessed her faith God blessed her hope and returned Moses to her to where she raised him for a period of time in the Hebrew ways. Moses was adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. It doesn't clearly say when turned her over, turned Moses over to Pharaoh's daughter. But Moses was trained up in the Egyptians' ways, it tells me. But Moses had a problem with how the Hebrew slaves were being handled and treated. Mm. Why would that be? because he was raised up by his mom in the Hebrew race. And he knows that those people who are enslaved are his brothers and sisters, right? So Exodus 2 and 12, this is Moses, and he looked this way, and he looked that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. This, This taskmaster was beating one of his brothers, and he couldn't deal with it anymore. And he went... And he killed the guy and he hit him in sand. And then Moses killed the man and he flees for his life. Here's something that's going to shock you. God forgives murderers. I have these conversations. Do you think God would ever forgive a murderer? Not only did he forgive a murderer, but he called him. Whenever we repent with our heart, full blown out repentance, God forgives us. When, he, when we ask him to take away all the filth, cleanse us and clean us up, we don't ever put ourselves in a position to go back to that, right? Moses never put himself in a position to go back to be a murderer. God cleaned him up and then he commissioned him to go and free the Israelite's. Exodus three and two, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush and he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire. Whenever you came to salvation, think about that. The angel of the Lord showed up and your heart became a flame of fire. Your heart burnt for God in a manner that, that it may have went out a little bit. Maybe it's trickled a little cold, but you need to get it back. Because God wants you on fire for him. God wants you to express your love for Jesus. God wants you to share the gospel with everybody that you come in contact with. Do you remember how you went and you told everybody how much God meant to you? What had happened to you? Don't let it grow stale. Don't let it grow cold. It was a flame upon your heart, just as it was a flame inside of this bush for Moses. Verses seven and eight, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt and I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster, for I know their sorrows. And I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large and into a land flowing with milk and honey. That's your testimony. A flame of fire. Set up on your heart the day that you came unto God for salvation. He heard your cry. He heard somebody's prayers that you were in Egypt, lost as lost can be. And he answered the prayers of my father and brought me into salvation. And whomever else was praying for me, my mother-in-law. The same for you. Who are you praying for that God's going to bring up out of Egypt? Because he's hearing the cry of his people. He's hearing the cry. You may not see it, but he's hearing the cry, your cry, for the people that's around you, the people that's dearest and most to you. He's hearing your cry, just as he heard the Israelites cry. God's heard the cry of his people. He's seen enough of their suffering in bondage, and he's ready to deliver them and bring them home to Canaan, the promised land. God has called and commissioned Moses. Moses complains and questions God. Chapter three, verse 11, Moses says, Who am I? Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh? You ever been there? Huh? God, who am I? Why would you send me there whenever I would rather be over here? Who am I that you would send me under that sky I'm not, I'm not even in the same league to talk with this guy. Who am I? Moses, chapter three, verse 13. Who am I to go to the children of Israel? And what am I to say? God, who am I? Why do I want to go to church today? What do I want to be around those people? I mean, that's what he's saying because Israelites were God's children in his church, right? Why do I want to go under them? I don't have nothing in common with them. How am I going to lead them? Who, who am I to them? Chapter four, verse one. No one will believe me. God, I can't talk to them about this. They're not going to believe me. They're not going to believe anything that I say. Why would I want to venture out and even open my mouth? This is Moses. Chapter four, verse 10. I don't speak with elegant words. You don't have to. Believe it or not, the gospel is very simple. He was born of a virgin. Believe it or not, this lady conceived by the anointing of the Holy Spirit and she birthed Jesus into this world. It's simplicity. You don't have to have elegant words. I don't. I I got dyslexics, to be honest. I have a hard time reading and comprehending. It takes me forever to put a message together. I told Pastor Kerry the last time I preached, I said, I studied 10 hours for 17 minutes. I said, what in the world am I supposed to do? It's not eloquent speaking. It's speaking the truth and it's speaking it in love. And the more that you're real with people, the more truth that you share with people, the more it draws them in. You know why? Because everybody lives in a lie anymore. You see all this junk on social media, perfect pictures and everything else. It's nobody's perfect. Only Jesus was. We speak with simplicity about the truth of Jesus Christ, how he died on a cross. We didn't deserve it because he took all of my sin. He took all of your sin. It's not anything eloquent. It's the truth of Jesus that we speak with. Amen? Amen. Chapter four, verse 13. Send someone else. Can you imagine? Have you ever said that to God? Send someone else. I'm pretty sure I've said that to God. I'm pretty sure I've said, man, I do not. Want to go? I re- and this was the. I mean, I'm even talking before I was ever a pastor. I mean, pastor would call me and he said, "Hey, you, you want to go do this hospital visit?" He's called me before five o'clock and said, or the night before and said, "Hey, you want to go do this at five a.m.?" In my heart, yes. In my mind, I'm thinking, "No, I want to sleep an extra hour. Send somebody else." Right? I mean, I'm just being real with you. But you know what I did? I went. Right? Why? Because I don't want God to send somebody else in my place. I want to go. You know why? Because he's knocking up my heart that moment. And he's saying, I need you to go. That's what God is asking us to do. He's commissioned Moses and Moses is complaining about every time he's commissioning. Chapter five, verses 22. Why have you sent me and not delivered them? Why? You called me God. You called me, you sent me into that room and they're still sick, I don't understand. Well, it's gotta be their faith because fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So it's gotta be their faith that's failing. I don't understand, it's gotta be their faith. It can't be mine because I'm a righteous man. Huh? Have we ever been there? Complains? Huh? Moses is commissioned, right? Chapter six, verse 13. No one is listening to me. Wow. God, no one's listening to me. I don't even know why you put me there. I don't understand. Chapter six, verse 30. Even Pharaoh won't listen to me. Chapter 17, verse four. God, the people are mad. Why am I doing this thing? They don't care about me. They don't even, I'm not even sure they care about you. They're mad. They want to kill me. But God has commissioned Moses to keep doing. Every time Moses questions and complains, God continues to recommission him to go forward into the land that he sent him and to bring the children of Israel out. Exodus 3 and 14, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. Whenever you go, know that the I am is sending you. God is looking for a servant that will go. God's looking for a servant that's going to walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? If you walk by sight, you'll not finish the work. You know why? Why? Because you're not going to see the results that you want to see. Moses went unto Pharaoh 10 different times, demanding the children of Israel to be released. And Pharaoh denied God and Moses. If he would have walked by sight and not by faith, every time he said, I'll let him go. And then he didn't. Moses would have wanted to quit. And that's what we were seeing in all the complaints. Why are you sending me back? I'm not seeing anything. God's wanting to send us. Because he's doing the work. He's the one moving. He just needs a faithful servant to go and to open up his mouth the words that God wants to speak just as Moses did. Amen? 10 times he went back. And until the death angel passed over, Pharaoh never released the people. God has called you and I and commissioned us in Mark sixteen, fifteen, and verse 20. We are commissioned to go into all the world and to preach the gospel to every creature. And they went forth and preached everywhere and the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following, amen. That is exactly what has happened with Moses? Moses was commissioned by God to go. He went and the word worked with him and for him. Signs and wonders followed the word that God gave Moses to perform. Amen. Moses had been commissioned and God is still looking for a people today that will have faith to go do God's will. Matthew 6 and 33, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Moses complained. He didn't know it, but Moses was doing this very thing. He went right to God. First thing, first to the kingdom of God, and he complained, and God renewed him, answered his complaint, and then said, go back and do what I've called you to do. He's commissioned The strength was renewed in Moses every time he went back to the kingdom of God and sought after God's righteousness. And it was added unto him to where he went back to Pharaoh and demanded the children to be set free. Amen. Moses left Egypt with an estimated 6 million plus people. One man's obedience set over 6 million captive people free. And God is still looking for a remnant group of people, a remnant group of believers that will run the race. Will you be one of those that run the race? Because it takes courage. Believe it or not, Moses didn't complete the race the way we all thought he would, right? Another had to step up and finish leading the Israelites into the promised land, into the land of Canaan. And that was Joshua. And Joshua one and nine, have not I commanded thee, be strong. And of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. Emmanuel, God with us. He says, be strong and have good courage. Have faith and hope in what I'm telling you to do. Don't be afraid. I am with you everywhere that you go. God is wanting us to move with boldness and courage. God gave us the greatest testimony, and that is Jesus. Born of a virgin, anointed of God to do great works. And he still does great works today. And I can testify of that because I called several people on Monday and had prayer. And whenever I called them on Tuesday, they were 100% turned around. God still answers prayers. He's still on the throne doing the work that he's always done. Have faith and have hope. And honestly, I was not in the mood to call anybody on Monday. Pastor said, while you're home, call some people if you feel up to it. And then I felt up to it. I felt encouraged. I felt felt needed. Even though I was under the weather, I I felt a need to call. God and God alone sets the captives free. It's not you or me, but he allows us to have a part in that. And that's the special thing about it. He allows us to be a part of his righteousness. Amen. But be bold and courageous and share what Jesus has done for you and what he's doing for you. I don't even know what you're praying for. You don't know what I'm praying for. But I'm believing faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Don't forget it. What's your faith? What's your hope? What are you? What's the substance that you're praying for? Wise people still seek him. He is for you and not against you. He has a hope and a future for you. And that hope and that future is to help bring lost people into his kingdom. I believe God is looking for a people that have faith in the gospel and a hope for the lost to be found and brought into eternal life. How did you hear about Jesus? Someone had to tell you about Jesus. Someone invited you to church and you heard about Jesus that day. Whenever I got saved, my kid brother called and said, hey, listen, you gotta go see this pastor in Family Life Fellowship in Enterprise, West Virginia. He was down here at Musk and he was doing a revival and he's the goofiest looking guy you've ever seen in your life but he has such an anointing on him, you gotta go watch him. That's how I heard about Jesus. I got an invitation, took us three tries, and on the last try to go find this church, because the directions on Google were terrible, I said, if we don't find it today, we ain't attempting anymore. And we found that church How did you hear about Jesus? Did your mom and dad raise you up with Jesus? Then share Jesus on what you learned, right? Moses told the Israelites, the I am that I am has sent me. He shared what God instructed him to share and God did the rest. The I am that I am has sent me and the I am that I am has sent you. He called you and he's sending you. Go as he instructs you and let him do the rest. Moses said, put this blood upon your doorpost tonight for the Lord wants to know that you believe in him. And if you put the blood upon the door, the the death angel will pass by. Jesus went to the cross to cover us with his blood. And if you haven't shared the story of Jesus, mm, sacrificing it all for you and for me, then shame on us. Shame on us. Because really, that's why we live today. That's why we have life. That's why we have breath in our lungs. Because Jesus paid it all. Because we couldn't pay you in anything. Jesus gave it all and he said, follow me and I'll make you fishermen and men. That would mean Jesus wants us to work. That would mean Jesus wants us to bring others with us into the kingdom of heaven, amen? So complain to God if you want. He'll help you overcome your complaint and he'll put you back in play. Just like Moses, God is saying, lead my people home to the promised land. Amen. Amen. I hope this message helped you tonight. I know that you are the church and the body of believers, but we are being commissioned by God to be a faithful steward to his kingdom and to go and spread the gospel. And I believe that you are a remnant bunch, and I hope that it was an encouraging word that you have been commissioned and challenged to read your Bible, to get into your book, be faithful to God and allow him to be faithful to you and to use you in the manner that he wants to. Amen. If you will bow your head and close your eyes. I don't know everybody's heart, but if you're here today and you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord and savior of your life, today is the day of salvation. Don't walk out of here the same as you walked in. Even if you're a believer tonight, don't walk out of here the same as you walked in. There's times that we don't come to church with expectations, and we should. We should come with expectations every day that we kneel down before God and expect to be used by him for his glory or to be used in a manner that's pleasing unto him. We should come with expectations, not just for ourselves, but for other people. Always. We should have hope and faith and the things that we're praying for. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, raise your hand tonight. Is there one tonight that would raise their hand and say, Pastor, I've never asked Jesus to come into my heart? That I would encourage you tonight, as Pastor Kerry sings a song, to come down and open up your heart at this altar. Maybe it's been a tough year. Maybe it's been a great year. But maybe you want to ask God, what's the plan for next year? 2023's right there, Lord. What's the plan that you have for me? What can I do for you and your kingdom to glorify you? God has commissioned us to go forth. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that tonight this word has hurt, that has touched the heart of every man and child and woman that's in this room, Lord God. and Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that we would take it in. Lord, I'm thankful that you've called us. I'm thankful, Lord God, for this remnant bunch that's thirsting after your righteousness, Lord God. Father, I pray through the Holy Spirit, Lord God, that you would reveal the calling, what you've commissioned them to do, Lord God, and that they would move with faith and hope, with boldness and courage to do your will and to fulfill that purpose. Lord God, we thank you for your love. Such a precious gift, your son Jesus. We're so We're so thankful to be able to open up that gift every day of life and say, God, I love you. And tonight, that's all we wanna do right now is turn it back to you and say thank you with a thankful heart to say thank you and with love in our hearts to say I love you. God, we thank you for this time. And it's not finished, so we ask your blessing, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us in person Sundays at 10 a.m. or 6 p.m. We have something for all people and all ages. Or join our live stream at 10 a.m.